Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Well, welcome back to Cabin Country, where talking to you from the Oakdale Studios, where you may hear the distant buzz of a, of a neighbor's lawnmower, but uh, we're not going to complain about that. Not at all. Because, uh, well, it's better than a snowblower. That's right. As, as you said, Bjorn. Lawnmower season. I'm uh, Fudd Klugman, and beside me is... Bjorn Lloydstedt. And yeah, we're excited to share our recent adventures. We got a head start, or an early start, I should say, on, on some Gull River... Brainerd Baxter area adventures. That's right. And, um, you know, all kinds of fun things to talk about. Things that I've been wanting to do for an awful long time. One being the Donovan Bassmaster Classic. My cousin Doug, I've mentioned this several times now, has been running this bass fishing contest from the shack since about 1981 or 82. I keep getting it mixed up, but... Um, we finally dropped in on him, and it was funny. On the way up, he called me and said, are you, are you guys still coming up? And I said, well, certainly. He said, well, I just want to warn you that we've got about about half of what we usually have up here. We've only got about 15 guys. And uh, and I, I emphasize guys. He does kind of have the Minnesota accent. He does. It? Well, the first thing we did when we got up there is we met up with our camera crew, Scotty Cummins and his son, Toby, and uh, we jumped in to the new tracker. A new boat. Oh, let's go that hard. This is crazy. When does it kill when we get out the canoe paddle? I'll just do a spin around here. I can tell you honestly, I've never been in a boat that's got something as big as a 115 horse on the back. So it was, it was, it was wild to feel that engine take off. The power. The unbelievable, unbridled power. Yeah. That's right. That's Taking right. off upriver. did a lot more power behind it than a nine-horse mariner. Indeed. Indeed. There are one of two trips we've uh, Bjorn and I recently took. And on the second trip, for a couple of reasons, 
decided to not take up the tracker. One being that there was some kind of a servo hose that came loose from the the motor and the hydraulic turning, you know, nothing serious, but needed repair before it went back to sea. Needed repair, and we just thought, well, we had other plans. Uh, ironically, though, we did more fishing than we thought, but we'll get we to that in a moment. But this first trip, jumped into the tracker and put on the tall white light in the back. Absolutely. Then the front green and red light. You bet. Which is to help boaters from a distance, I guess, uh, figure out which direction you're going. Although on the small Gull River, it's really not that much of an issue. It's I've always been told, Fudd, that uh, if you're approaching another boat, you're supposed to stay to the right. Stay to, stay to starboard. They, they go to their starboard, but our port just helps people figure out how to avoid running into each other. Yes, and I will say that I did take out the boat with the family a week before the Donovan Bassmaster Classic, and uh, I did break in the motor by messing up the prop just a little bit. We got into some shallow waters, churned up some mud. Churned a little mud. Must have hit some small rocks. But as my cousin Doug said, you're doing what you're supposed to. So <laughs> now, it's, now it's christened. It's good. Yeah, yes, yes. But it, it was kind of like, oh, come on, the first time in, <laughs> chugging up river bottom, <laughs> denting, the, denting the prop. What an amateur. Come on. But anyway, so we uh, just went up around the point and uh, pulled into the Doug's dock and saw a group of guys up there and greeted warmly and my uncle joe was up there he's turning 90 this year and wow he's one of the pioneers of the the shack and uh and joe's sons uh, there was mike joe and doug of course and a, bu- and a bunch of friends and they were getting the big scoreboard ready with everybody's names on it doug filled us in on the traditional tournament rules 5 a.m. is the tournament start. Shuts down noon on Sunday. Not 12.01, noon on Sunday. Is it catch and release or? Catch and release. It's an honor system. Honor system, okay. Measure length. We convert We convert the length to pounds because the cup obviously is pounds from back in yeah. the day. Uh, is everybody gone like all day or how does it work? You know, if you're smart, you get up early and fish from 5 to 7.30 prime time. Come back, maybe take a little siesta. Yeah, and have a cocktail. Have a cocktail. Yeah, right. And and then you get busy again from seven to nine thirty, or you could be the three Stooges, these two right here, and my brother Joe, and just fish the entire day. You can do that too. So there's wow. lots of different ways to skin this cat. But I prefer early run and late run, prime time. I'm a prime time guy. What's the shotgun? You know, what's the? Is there a sound, or do you just say it's the opposite? Go. It's the stealth. Get out of the bunk. Get out of your wrapper. Really quiet. Don't wake anyone up. <laughs> Trolling motor off the dock. I'm not lying. And get about a football field away, start the motor up, slowly out, get around the bay, kick it down, head to your spot. Go get some numbers early. Go get some numbers early. And hopefully everybody stayed up too late. And back in the day, me and Pete Lattice would stay up all night just to fish from 5 to 7.30, sleep all morning and early afternoon, then wake up. Or all day. <laughs> and then and then hit prime time. It wasn't getting up at 5.30. We were still up. We were still up. And apparently, if you caught a fish under 12 inches or didn't catch anything, you, you get a Mr. Yuck sticker. That's right. That was the 
key to avoid the Mr. Yuck sticker. You don't want to be the lousiest angler of the bunch. Yes, even though I will admit we really didn't go to participate in the contest as much as to sort of talk with Doug and Uncle Joe and a few others. And so after uh, Sunday when we came and uh, the winner got his got the cup to hold on to for a year until couple, next year. A couple hundred bucks and, yeah. and the cup and his Fistful name. Fistful of cash. His name down on the cup in, in permanent glory. That's right. And uh, pictures taken and uh, another kind of a observance from my Uncle Joe. I was statistics man. And I surveyed all the, all the conversations and every word spoken the whole weekend. I found out to be 97.3 bullshit. <laughs> there you go, 97% BS. Well, <laughs> the, he calls it like he sees it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Straight talker. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. Absolutely. But uh, this is Bjorn's first time entering inside the shag, and I hadn't been inside it for years myself, so... We got a little tour. It was just Uncle my Uncle Joe and Doug and Bjorn and myself. And I'd seen the outside of that shack many times on autumn trips when mm-hmm. everything's kind of closed up for the year. I remember seeing the old sign, people's yeah. names painted on it, and right. poundage caught and all this kind of stuff sitting there amongst yes, kind yes. of kind of wood that was just being allowed to go back to nature slash a fire pit at some point. And right, and uh, they've graduated to a whiteboard and some whiteboard markers and. Uh, yeah, it was just interesting to get inside that that historic shack. The historic shack, and we heard a little bit about, uh, I think the dimensions were something that uh, Uncle Joe and his buddy Skip uh, argued about. How big should this shack be? Right, but there was a sacrifice. You and Skip bought the property in 59. Yeah. And when did you build the shack? That same year. You and Skip got in an argument after you set the footings. Yeah, 12 by 16. That's so, as big as he would go. But you talked him into... I want to go 12 by 20. That last four feet. And the way we argued all the damn time. And I let's make a trade. We won't sheet this side, this side, and this side. We'll trade that for a four-feeter shack. Skip agreed to that. He was so cheap, he wouldn't buy three buckets sheeting, so that's the siding. <laughs> and, and conventional... Construction, you you do sheet over the studs work. You just right. That was the compromise. <laughs> yeah, it was a compromise. Yeah, but I got my four feet. So yeah, no no drywall, no uh, sheetrock on the no, inside. Nothing at all. Studs. Ever, and it still still has the original fiberglass on it that I remember looking at as a kid. Insulation, yeah. The yeah, the, the insulation and uh, well, I know I think they've run electricity in there finally. Oh, excuse me, folks. I've just had an important uh, interruption here. Uh, This just in. The name of the winner of the uh, Uh, 2019 Bassmaster Classic was Paul Haskins. Bassmaster. And, uh, and of course, he included the size of the fish, which was, I think, a northern, 19 pounds. Wow. Oh, that's huge. That's a really good-sized northern. Right. That's impressive. Oh, I think Don is trying to tell us something. Don has a message. Uh, I guess that would be the idiot alert. Uh, yeah. Okay. Look what I almost stepped in. Got a new message here from Cousin Doug that, uh, no, it's not one 19-pound fish that we were just referring to. They're a powerful bass. That would have been huge. No, that uh, I guess we forgot the rules. It was the, the best weight out of six fish. That's the Minnesota limit. 
So you were to catch six fish. You could catch eight, but choose the best six and add up the poundage. The best fish tournament. And uh, then... Then uh, whoever had the most weight of the six fish, that's who the winner is, not one giant fish. Six fish, 19 pounds. Yeah. So congratulations again for, for your six fish. Job well done. Accumulating to 19 pounds. Anyway, back inside the shack with Uncle Joe and Cousin Doug. Ancient fiberglass insulation hanging since 1960 and... Also, Doug's recently acquired 1890s-era wood-burning stove from a caboose, right? And Correct, yeah. It was from a, a railroad caboose, pre-1940s-era caboose, wow. where they used to have the pot-bellied stoves in the caboose for heat and cooking. So there was a lip a lip on the top of it with, with, with areas where you could place cooking utensils, and, and they would not they wouldn't slide off. Yeah. They wouldn't spill over if the train you know, took any crazy... Yeah. Any crazy curves or anything. Unfortunately, apparently you can't use it. Insurance says that, nope, you're not allowed to have this wood-burning stove. Wood-burning stove in a cabin. Particular cabin. Nope. So he's going to have to go to something else. I can't remember what he said. He was was still up in the air. They're not quite sure where they're headed next, but that he said he got a good price on it, and then it took a couple of very strong guys to muzzle this giant piece of cast iron (laughs) into the cabin, into the shack. And it was all set, and they, you know, right under the the uh, chimney stack where where that would come in. And he said, "And we can't use it. So <laughs> how about that? We're going to lug this thing back out. Who knows what we're going to do with it?" But oh well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we got to see. You know, my uncle Joe. He he was a railroad engineer back back in the day, and uh, so on the sh- the shack's property, he's got an old railroad crossing sign, right. Right. A couple of lights, uh, very, very cool, you know. So that's why I've always loved trains, because just right, you stand on the dock at the end of the point, and you're just looking at the railroad line that runs parallel to Highway 210, and several times throughout most days, you'll you'll see the train, and hear the train. Hear it? Cross the river. It. Yeah. There were many nights when I was very young and sleeping in the shack when, in the middle of the night, I just remember, the whole shack seemed to shake with sure. the sound of the train whistle. Big engines coming by and the whistle. Echo down the river, so always had a romantic association with that, for sure. But, uh, let's see, also we uh, talked a little bit about the resort across the way and how, in, you know, in former days, it was quite a hop and joint. That kind of thing, I always would love to go back to the heyday of, you know, resort country. Mm-hmm. When in a place like that, that establishment across the river you know all of what a hundred yards across the, yeah across the to the other side and there's the the main building all kinds of rental cabins of course but the big main building with the old style beer light on the outside oh yeah you just picture that all lit up and you know 50s era cars kind of parked all over the place and sound of music and whatever else type of revelry was going on in there but right. probably well into the night and uh just to, to see what that would have been like. I, I wonder, too, if it wasn't a place where people had come up by boat and just kind of beach their boats and come in and sample some of the some of the libations. So speaking of Little Pine, this is what I want to know, and I'm glad this came up. So when you guys got up there, because I remember as a kid, we got our gas there, we got minnows there, we got worms there. You could there. rent an outboard motor or boats. You had boat rentals and outboard yeah. rentals. Was that right from the moment in 1960 you guys built the cabin 
was that like that? And who was the owner? When did it change hands? At that point, it was a, t- a teacher, retired teacher. He had an airplane across the way, and he ran it really good. Those cabins were neat as a pin. They were really, they were always all filled up to meet help. Well, then Kenny took it over, and Kenny was more liberal. He didn't really take care of things. He ran a kind of a loose ship, so he didn't keep the cabins up real well. But he did more business, though. Boy, oh boy, did he really load them up. He had weekdays. He had a fish night and a hamburger night and all that stuff. He'd pack them in. That place, remember, well, you remember going to bed? Oh, yeah. One o'clock, oompa, 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 yeah. gee. Yeah. So when did Ron come in? Oh, after Kenny. So Ron just let it go. He didn't. He, he doesn't rent cabins out anymore on special well, he order. ran it for, you know, 10, 15 years or longer. Yeah. He told me he bought it for 140 grand. Who, well, Ron did? Yeah. Oh. And then, he's, then he was offered three over $3 million from a golf course oh. person, and he should have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> In the 90s. Yeah, there's a lot of property there. Can you remember when the Iowa gang would come? There was a week or two-week period in the summertime. It was all Iowa folks. And they brought their trailers, they filled up the resort, every cabin was chuck full. The beach was chuck full of kids and women, and, and the guys were nuts for fishing. They never had fishing like the Gull River. So it was all Iowa farmers. This would be great. Yeah, we just found out that the most recent owner died like a, a year or so. It's unfortunate, yeah. Just real recently. I think his name was Ron. And uh, it's, a, it's a big place, a lot of property over there, and I, I think occasionally he would rent one of the cabins that are still there to somebody who might need it, but I don't know what it's being used well, for. It seems now. to me too, Fudd, that maybe our our winner in this bass tournament was actually renting a cabin across oh. across the way because the shack is tight for space. Yes, and out on that peninsula, out on that point, there's only so many so many places people can pitch tents, and park trucks, and boat trailers, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I got the, I got the feeling. If, if memory serves me right, he was saying that they had a cabin across that they'd rented mm-hmm. from uh, from the family of the resort owner. So, were there any tents? Uh, there were one or two uh, tents, but I think it was mostly a camper, yeah, pop up camper kind of stuff. Yeah, just apparently kinda... it's uh, like my uncle Joe describes it as tent city when when all the friends converge for the most years Bassmaster Classic. But um, well, with that highfalutin new HGTV version <laughs> yes. outhouse they've got. That was pretty amazing. Waters, it's watered and it's powered. Amazing, yeah. It's uh, paneled with old barn wood. It's unbelievable. I was like, good lord, you could live in this. So you guys remember the old outhouse, right? Oh yeah. We used to have that cleaned out, right? What guy would come out with a honey pumper and he'd have to pump water into it, mash it, because Turd Mountain just kept coming back, <laughs> coming, coming at you. Yeah. So we had to burn it once they. The permit was we can build this, but then you got to tear down that once it was done. Oh, yeah. So okay. the old outhouse is right by that tr- pickup truck right there. Yeah, yeah. And here's the new outhouse. Not, nothing but the finest. Wow. Dang. That, oh my gosh. That's like that could win better homes and better homes gardens. and gardens. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh my gosh. But you can actually turn water on yeah. it, flush a toilet, and take a shower. That's yeah, that's, 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 yeah. that's now my wife finally comes up for Fourth of July oh, yeah. for more than two days. I think he's doubled up two by twelve floor joists or whatever you right. call them. Sure. Like so, that thing is uh, not going anywhere. Stable. So. The shack will be gone, and that outhouse will still be standing. <laughs> yes, That's some interesting talk too. They were 
your cousin and, and your uncle were talking about like how the the vegetation along the riverbank has changed since the early 60s, oh, yes. late 50s, and how it used to be kind of wild rice country. Yeah. And suddenly it all just kind of disappeared and was replaced by coontail. Coontail. I, I never heard that before, but... Uh, uh, it's kind of a kind of a milfoil. Milfoil, I mean, it's, right. It looks like sort of a thin, long piney kind of water weed you know where right well it, we've all seen it many times when yeah. we've hauled in our exactly in our lures and gone what in the world it's part of the salad you're pulling off your your treble hooks or right. whatever and right but apparently bass like to hide in that yeah your cousin doug was saying bad it's great for bass bad yeah. bad for wild rice great for bass both my dad and and uncle joe remember when i think some you know ojibwe native americans in the area would take their would take canoes and and harvest the wild rice sure. along the Gull River for Absolutely. quite some time. I don't know when that changed significantly. I think it was in the late 80s, right about the time when my dad got his place uh, in 1987-88, when he got his property just a little down the river from the Donovans. And uh, it just got weedier year by year and, and kind of just a lot thicker and harder to fish. I mean, it's still plenty of fish, but uh, in late summer it gets... It's pretty thick, weed-wise. At least walk, where we are. Walk across the water. <laughs> it kind of seems like it, yes. <laughs> I did come across a recording of my dad explaining how him getting our leased property came about. And it seemed to be quite a, a lucky thing. I'll let, I'll let him explain it. As far as the lots go, I was up there one of the days with these guys. Because that's when I just had them. That's the only place I could go, of course. And they loved it up there. We had lots of fun. And I saw this guy out down your driveway with a clipboard. And I thought, I just wonder. So I went down and talked to him. And I said, uh, you know, can I ask what you're doing? And he said, well, I'm from Minnesota Power. We check every year how they do. And I says, you by any chance know if there's any lots available? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, there's... I think five of them up right now are going to go on the block. But they didn't have a price on them. You offered price. Okay, like what, Bill, at that time? Well, we went and checked them all, and I didn't have any money, but I got, it was, it was, in, it was in the spring or what, because I got my income tax. It's the only way I ever had anything. And I bid $1,101 for it. Yeah. Thinking, well, if somebody bids $1,000, I got, you know, yeah. Whatever. And uh, remember we picked the one out. I don't know if you remember. We Remember the lower ones upriver? You know where yeah. the bay is before you get to the culvert? Yeah. There was a bay in there, and there was two lots in there. That were, actually, it would have been nice for boat launching because they just went right down, you know. But I like this one here because of the channel and everything else. So I waited and waited, and I got a call, and they said, congratulations. You know, you just got the, Okay, you got the lot, and you really got a deal because it's worth well over ten thousand dollars. Oh my god! You know, I was ecstatic. Sure. (laughs) Thinking about how tough it is now for people to get lake property without you know selling two of their three cars and maybe one of the kids. Yeah, it's incredible how much you know lakeshore and and riverbank property is going for these days and and your dad's story really puts things into perspective what it was like back in the late 70s early 80s it's not like this anymore no no not at all so i'm very grateful that uh my dad lucked out um nobody outbid him and so 
So we got this great place to go year after year. Nothing has changed that much in the last 40 years. So Dirt that's what's nice about it. Dirt roads and heavy woods. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't take much to hop in the car and you're in Brainerd in about five, ten minutes and it feels like you're back here in the Twin Cities somewhere. Right. But but that's all right. It's still, you feel st- still feel surrounded by woods and lots of trees. One last thing I wanted to mention from the eve of the 2019 Donovan Bassmaster Classic was when my Uncle Joe showed us an old nostalgic remnant from a part of the shack that was being cremated in a bonfire that very night. You see, you think this old board is just an old board, right? It says U.S. on it, yeah. It does. Do you remember the old double bunks? Oh, I slept in them, yeah, of course. Okay, here's the, here's the, this was my bunk. It's 100 years old. Really? It was a part of a World War One Army bunk. Really? It was sold for surplus. A friend of my bottom, their shack burned down. They gave us the bunks. That was the old bunks were in the thing. Yeah, yeah. They're down and going in the fire tonight, I think. Oh, they're being burned so up I, right now. If they're not, there will be. They're down there. <laughs> wow. So I sawed that out of there and I saved it. U.S. Army surplus from from 1918. Wow. It was my bunk, so I had a lot of good snoozes in this. <laughs> I don't want to see it go in the fire. Well, right. What the hell? Yeah, I spent many uncomfortable nights on the top of one of those World War I army bunks, but <laughs> they were a part of the shack I will never forget. Absolutely. Well, this might be a good time to warm up your coffee or switch lures if you got a line in the water. Bjorn and I will be back with some tales of our adventures at Paul Bunyan Land. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.